Hey, just left the store. I will be there shortly. Got something for you and the baby. So I will see you in a little bit. Yeah, put the beers in the freezer. And uh, we'll have a good time. Shut the fuck up. Really? Was it worth it? Now he'll never make dinner, never again. And several people won't make it home. Texting, it can wait. No texting while driving. Brought to you by Road to Stardom Radio. Copyright infringement as well because you plagiarize somebody's work. But right now, about it, talking about it as far as music goes. So I was saying, artists whose music I play on my channel when I play, he posted his music to Facebook and Facebook with a copyright infringement and muted his music. So see the post, won't be able to hear the music because they muted it because of copyright infringement. How does Facebook give you a copyright infringement if you want to create music? You wrote the lyrics, you created the music, so how how is Facebook hitting you with a infringement? But when he said that he got hit with a copyright infringement, I asked what labels, you know, 
table. And normally, I watch videos hitting with a copyright infringement on Facebook. And some of the music to your video is muted because of the copy, because whatever who owns the music, so that's why, <coughs> excuse me, that's why they muted it. But if you're the creator of the music, you it, you wrote it, there's no copyright infringement. To me, that means that your music's not good. That is similar to something that's out there. Just now, just a little while ago, he posted that his copy back. So he appealed it, saying, that, you know, showing that it's his composition. He owns it. No one is no one's music. Sample nobody's music. He owns it. So they gave it back to him. Because he said to me, when I asked him the question, that YouTube, so that he posted his stuff to YouTube, even though YouTube didn't fly him, copyright is like they have the right kind of owner of his stuff. He has proof that he posted his original composition. And claim copyright infringement. <laughs> so I know you, missionary king, you wrote the book. What do you? I I you don't do music. You wrote a book. In the in the literary world, what do you think about that? People claiming copyright.
Yeah. However, if you did, if you did not, and you started writing down words from my book, that's plagiarism. That goes against right. So six just joined. I'm sorry, missionary King. Go ahead. And six, we are talking about right now copyright because I mentioned before you came in, and I play a lot of stations. His music to Facebook, and Facebook muted it, saying copyright infringement. And he just got the work today to say it, that he owns that that is copyright. He he made the music, the lyrics. He Cringe or nothing, but you know, with Facebook, you know, they said he did and muted it. So, like, you won't be able to hear the music because they muted it. And now that he has the paperwork to say he owns the right to mute his stuff, that's what we're talking about. Missionary can't about his book because I he didn't, he doesn't, you know, write or produce music. That he would know about the copy of the literary. He has a book. And also, this topic right here on TikTok, there's an artist, her name is Iniko, but she's non binary, so you call her they, them. So, being that she's non binary, she asks they, them. So, you don't call her Iniko, you call her them when you, when you address them. She has a song, and it's called Iniko. A lady on TikTok came across her phone, took her... I'm going to have to call my my, uh, internet's getting glitchier. Just call back in, Missionary Ken. So, six. Okay. So, six. So, as I'm explaining, so the song is called Jerry would like the song. Um, so this is so on those who use TikTok know the for you page. Those who don't use TikTok on there's a for you page where videos come through down on your like like you like say your timeline. When we say when we speak in social media we say timeline. So people's videos come down the timeline. So song Jericho came down this lady's timeline. She took her song. She changed the lyrics up the melody. And we posted made a video singing this song. Right? Singing Jericho song. Her new lyrics the same melody, the way Nico singing it. That's how she's singing her lyrics. This, music. So when I asked her this lady about why she created why she created it, she said that you know Nico's song was down her time. 
her so many times. She, you know, it, it. Sometimes she hears songs more than once. It gets, it gets to you know, it gets to you. you start to like it. You start to. No, no. Um, can you hear me now? So, so it keeps coming down her for you. So, she decided to change the lyrics, melody, and everything else of that song, but the lyrics. So she posted her version. People in her version because she speaks about God. The thing is. If you take a song, you understand what I'm saying? You're a producer, you know what I'm saying. That even if a person may the lyrics, it's still a original person's song. Even though you the lyrics, are still a song because you you got the same cadence, melody, how she was, the cadence, Nika singing the song, this lyric, is singing it the same way with her lyrics. The melody is the same. Everything is the same but the lyrics. And this is why we're talking about right? So, now this, this version is popular because she's about God. And so she goes on this, this little speaking tour to talk about the song and as talking to the host Oh yeah, I wrote it because the song was ironic. That Aniko song, ironic, and that's why she changed the lyrics to the song. Like you can take a person's song, you can change it once once you do the same melody, the same cadence, when everything else is the same, but the lyrics. You are copying infringing on this person's copyright. Like she's doing a whole tour talking about songs she can't create nothing but words. Like a poet, you know, like a, a, a word artist will create a poem and just speak speak the poem and then it comes and adds to it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so uh, and who's non-binary, you know, People were tagging her and letting her know this was going on. And she's like, please don't tag me because it messes, it's messing with her mental. She don't want her to be messed up. That someone would really go and her, her song, take out lyrics, put their own lyrics, and say, oh, her version is demonic. Nothing to do anything religious. A Nico song has nothing to do with anything. I'm gonna pull it up through my through TikTok. And I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let y'all listen to the song. Let y'all listen to the song. Watching. Sorry about that. So I'm trying to find it. Uh, 
Well, this is just a clip the song. Back on, you heard it. She's singing. That's the acapella version. That's not with the music ended. But you see, you see how she sang her cadence and things. The lady repeated her. That that same cadence repeated word for word her lyrics. She a TikTok person, and I guess you know because she mentioned God in her lyrics that now these people are trying to come, and she's doing a tour off of a song that's not even hers. The only thing that's hers that she claim is her is the lyrics. Uh-huh. She's going around saying that and song is demonic. Basically, they're calling an eco-demonic when it has nothing to do with religion. So what people who like the song are doing is when they post a video, they're using her song that it's flooded her song and that lady's song coming down their time therefore you page. Because I heard that said that sounds just like an eco song. The only thing you change the lyrics. You cop you you insist on her copy. And you go and say her son is demonic, but it mentions nothing about God. It's not a religious song. And you, I mean, you got to be very careful when you create music. And if you want to get her song, the proper thing to do is to get permission. Mm-hmm. You know, from the you know from the publisher's song, and you can do it when you. I mean, when Coolio did the Reindeer. 
That's the same thing that YouTube does. Takes the right. songs. And see, and, and just one example, okay? He, he did a lot of songs like that. The writers of those songs and the artists of the songs who sing the, the original song and he, he just reads them. He gets permission. Yeah. It'll be like, even though I remember uh, but that would be like me remaking their album and not getting permission, even though I recorded have to get permission. Hey, I would like to redo this album. You know, if I get with them and if I get, you know, uh, 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 and his wife signed on it, then but I couldn't just go and copyright infringement. <laughs> Donald Trump's son Eric, his wife did did copyright infringement. So So you know um Tom Tom Petty you know what that is, right? The name of the song. But he did the song People using it like for political, like political. But she did this song. She can't sing. She sounded to I heard it. She sounds. And she redid this song and was like, and was up that no one was, no one um streaming her song. Talked about it said. That she never got rights from Tom family to be able to hear this song. 
She never got permission from Tommy's family to be able to use his song. I can't the the song, but it, it and I'm just and she went and did an interview. I can't think of the name of the song, but it's a petty song. It's a popular song, but a lot of a lot of politicians use the song. But I can't think of the name of the song. She did an interview. She was on crying because nobody was in her song. Then the host she was in it with asked her to sing a little bit of it, and she sounded terrible. She can't sing. But she took this song and was and record her singing it, thinking she was going to do Like she was going to get a petty number if people sing her song. If you don't have permission from the who owns the right to Tom Petty's music cannot cannot any song use his words and his music or voice on his streaming platform. I don't have to plug in. I can't call on But like, what is what is wrong with these people? What's wrong with these people thinking that they can just infringe on these copyrights? Because she, I, I think she's doing. I think she's gonna make money for Donald Trump. <laughs> make money for her father-in-law. When you put a streaming app, you're not making a lot of. Money. You're not gonna make millions of dollars. On the streaming, you have to have trillions in order for you to, to make a decent amount of money from music being streamed. To have like a trillion streams, you got to have a trillion streams for you to make a decent amount of money. You pay that much when you put your music up on streaming platforms. And plus, yes up there, you have to move on the copyright. Because they, the streaming app can include having your music up there and don't own the rights to it. And it's the plus of somebody else. So I wanted to talk about that. And then, and then that is about Jada Pinkett Smith because out of her memoirs coming out she's telling her business doing you know speaking on different shows about her book and you know doing one on one interviews telling all the business and she said that before too far went to tell her right good he proposed her and that she went to see him in Rikers. And that was the last thing I heard 
Yeah, this before she got with Will. Before she got with Will, this came out her own mouth. See him when he was up in right And for those who don't know, right in jail in New York City. But someone debunked. There's a TikToker who did a video that debunked what she said. She. There's a um, you take the bus. The bus. There's a bus that goes there that takes you there for their visit. But when you go visit, they have to put you on. You have to be the people that they that they put in the bus for you to come with them. <coughs> so if your name is not on the list. It'd be dumb of you to go visit in jail and you know, they visited and debunked her story. She said before two went to jail, Pop was engaged to a girl named Tisha. That's who his fiance was before he went to jail. Keisha was closer to the jail she can be so she'd be able to see two when she can. She said this happened around 94. She said that this happened when Tupac Jail was in 94. That's when all of this happened. And she said another reason why that Jada's story about Tupac is debunked is because when... I'm trying to think. Will and her on set, I think one of those movies or something, she said, because I think Will in his book tells that Jada, but she said that Will and Cherie were getting a divorce. That's his, his first wife. They were, they, they were getting a divorce. She said, called Jada and asked are single. She said yes, and then flew away to L.A. to be with Will. It was around the same time that Tupac was in jail. So if Will, if flew to L.A. to be with Will, was you in New York visiting Tupac? To me, that is it doesn't make sense. You was living in Baltimore. She, cause she, you, she's trying to sell a book. All the stuff she's putting out, that she's talking, she goes on speaking towards about her book. Everything she's dropping, she's dropping it so people will go and buy the book. You have to you have to think. She, she said her world separated for seven years. Her world has been separated for seven years. Since twenty sixteen they have been separated. Separated seven years, then why the hell did he get Frank Yelkins? They were separated. 
Because I hope this is this is what I someone said that back in the day I used to joke about Jada. Let me call. Let me, let me call. Hold on, let me finish what I'm saying. Let me finish what so back in the day I think Chris Rock used to joke about Jada and Will told him Will told Chris stop stop joking on Jada. I think the Oscars came with jokes, you know, and I told him to stop saying jokes about my woman. There he goes saying jokes about my woman. But get this fix. When they asked her about the, the Oscars flat, she said she was shocked. She was shocked when that happened because Will called her his wife. Even though they were separated at the time. Asked her how she she don't she said no. You call me you and August I've seen if that's how you she will. Even though at at if that was in twenty sixteen so now and that entanglement happened why was it such a big why was it a big deal that Cena had to make a song about it? I don't think nobody cared about, but still and all, he, he made a song about it. You and, Will, you and Will had to sit at the table and have a discussion about it. And you said she, in her words, said Alcina is a family friend. And when I visited him in the Hospital. I they let him think. They let him stay with them. Wow. Dropping all this stuff. She don't get that. Doing all this stuff is not making you. It's it's gonna hurt. I don't think Will is hurt. Whatever she gonna say, he gonna let her say it. I don't think he's hurt by it, but the people are taking it that she's in and will with everything she's saying. This is crazy. I don't agree. They don't want to hear more Jada about her 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 memoir. So, Mary Ken, I want to ask you this question. Ken. Missionary So, Mike, since you man of God, she said that she never cheated on but she had an affair with someone else. Isn't that considered cheating? If they are
ahead. We are we. So, I was. She said she never cheated on Will Smith, but she had an affair with the person. Isn't still considered cheating? They were separated. They're already separated. Okay. If they're separated, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the is okay. If their divorce is not final. Okay. But they're actually classified separate. Okay. I don't think they. I think it's a legal separation. They're just separated. Say again. I don't think legal separation like with the court. They just separated. They separated. They didn't thing with the court. Right. What makes 
Help a little bit because I am she thinks have a cheated then but you know you had that memory. I never got to get into many Halloween things when I was a kid. Wow. The only time I got to do anything with Halloween was I made my own costume uh, and walked around the schoolyard, you know, around the school, but I had to make my own costume (laughs) at school and then do it there because... Your parents didn't care. Exactly, Ruthie. You said it. What happened? Because my parents and them, they, which in this case it was my grandparents, they didn't give a rip. They wasn't going to do nothing like that. They, they wasn't going to buy me no costume. They got to, they had to keep that money for themselves. Well, damn! But what did they give you? Nothing. They, hey, they weren't going to buy no costume for me and spend that money on me. Wow. You imagine people like that. They had to keep the money for themselves. They got to have, they had to have it so they can spend it on this big fancy house of theirs and big fancy cars and stuff. They the weren't going to They weren't going to spend it on me. They didn't care about their kids at all. <laughs> but you know what I made for myself to be a costume one year? What's that? I had the teacher get me one of these big um, refrigerator boxes, okay, like a box that you'd find a, a refrigerator would come in, right? Yeah. You know, brand new. And yeah. I took the, I took it and I made some cuts into it and designed it, and made it look like the front end of a, you know, like a, a flat nosed Peterbilt truck. Yeah. And I cut the front windshield out, you know, made the windows and the side windows. And, I, and what I did is I climbed up underneath the inside of that box where the, you know, where the driver would be. And then the back end I had it designed and made it look like the wheels. And I painted it on the outside to look like a real truck. And that's what I did is I went around inside the truck. Wow. Sliding that box around. So I was basically a truck driver. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. Wow. All it did is t- cost me some time to make it, but it but it was pretty cool. Right. So my costume cool. was actually the biggest costume of everybody's in the school. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right, I don't know where road went.
<laughs> yeah, well, get this, Six. Mm-hmm. Guess what I'm doing? I, I Guess what I'm doing while I'm listening to Six in a Road? What, building something? No, I'm making beef stew in a slow cooker. Oh, yes, wow. Yes, gave it to us. Emily gave us an uh, extra one because she had one. So we got a, we got a um, slow cooker now. What did Ruthie just say? And Emily was the one who gave us the slow cooker because we didn't have it. So she gave us one because she had two of them. Okay. Yeah, so now we got a slow cooker and we're making some beef stew. All right. You'll have to get an air flight. Come on over me. <laughs> Every time I open the lid to steer it, mm 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 mm, yeah. smells so good. Honey, when you get a moment, something gets stuck in the washer. I can't get it out. All right. <laughs> you getting hungry yet? Yeah. So we want to say rest in peace. We want to say rest in peace. If you were a Three's Company fan like myself, we lost Suzanne Summers, who portrayed Chrissy Snow on the 1976 sitcom Three's Company, alongside Joyce DeWitt, John Ritter. Suzanne Summers played Chrissy Snow when she passed away at age 76. So from the Six Eyes Radio Network, Road to Stardom Network. We want to send our condolences to her family, her friends, her fans at this difficult time. Uh, great show. I still watch it. I go to sleep to Three's Company. Uh, one of the shows I watch before I go to sleep. Uh, great talent. And the only um, only ones that still left with us from that show is Joyce DeWitt, who played uh, – who played uh, – Oh my God. Janet. Janet. She played Janet. Uh, Richard Klein, who played Larry Dallas. Uh, we have um, uh, Priscilla Barnes. Come on. Priscilla Barnes. And, and uh, I will with her name. Uh, she played uh, Cindy. She played Cindy. Um, God, I can't think of her name right now. But anyway, um, those are the ones who are still left from that uh, from that show, Three's Company. As you know, we lost Don Knotts. We lost Audrey Lindsay. We lost um, Norman Fell, who played uh, Mr. Roper. We lost John Ritter. And now we lost... Um, Suzanne Summers. So uh, that's still a great show. Still a great show. I love it. Yep. It comes on Roku. If you got Roku TV, it comes on there on the classic TV channel. No, not the classic TV It has its own channel. Three's Company. They got Love Boats. Uh, All right. Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, so, Six, actually, what do you think about this situation over in Israel? Uh, well, uh, Ken, from how you explained it, 
talking about this is stemmed back from biblical times of two brothers not getting along. Um, it, it's crazy. I mean, I thought the only people who had problems in the Bible was Cain and Abel. And now you're telling me uh, Abraham um, had a problem with his brother. And it just doesn't make any sense because now it's built over into our current time of 2023. And you have innocent people getting killed. You had a six-year-old get stabbed 26 times by the 71-year-old landlord because he feared Muslims. And it just doesn't make any sense. That baby didn't do that to nobody. Those kids who were beheaded, they didn't do anything to nobody. The people who got killed over there, they didn't do anything. And this is just stems from greed. It stems from people who are disenfranchised within themselves. They're not happy. Misery loves company. And now it's spilling over in today. I, I'm, I'm pissed off about it because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that we are fighting something that ain't even ours. We don't own none of this. We are leasing everything from God. We're leasing everything from him. Our cars, our houses, our clothes, our our luxury items, we, we don't own none of that stuff. We're leasing it from God. And it doesn't make any sense. My studio, leasing it from God. You know, so it just doesn't make any sense, man. It it doesn't make any sense. You know, so it's just my prayer for for calmness for the whole world. It ain't about a color. It ain't about an ethnicity. It's about the human race. Black, white, yellow, green. Pick any 64 colors in a box of crayons you want. It's about the human race. And if anything didn't bring us closer than this COVID, I don't know what will because we are all been on the same uh, playing field. We've experienced loss. We experienced this drop in finances. We've experienced increase in goods. So everybody, black, white, yellow, green, was affected. So that's my that's my uh, take on it. And with that, I'm complete. Well, six, you, you 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 hit it right on the head there. Okay, see, <clears throat> we the biggest problem is we got like like you said we got this fighting, and here we are. Okay, we got these people fighting over, you know, this land, and. Each one thinking they had the exclusive rights to the land. There you go, Ruth. And, well, the whole point is, us as Americans, okay, yeah, as America has done to the, we're going to say it, we're going to put it in modern terms so that we understand that from the Bible, as we do to the Jewish nation, okay, God's people, Okay, so, yeah, if we bless them, God's going to bless us, okay? Well, but here's the big point that I want to make here. Yes, that's true. But do you really think God is going to bless us? Yeah, he's going to bless us for blessing Israel, 
But do you think he's still going to bless us while we're killing, what, several million unborn babies? While we're murdering them? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Christians sit there thinking, okay, we're going to get, uh, God is going to bless us, okay? He th- we think that we're going to get blessed by, oh, well, God's going to bless us because we're blessing Israel. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's a biblical principle. But is he going to bless us at the same time when we're in rebellion ourselves? No. Uh, so that's a sin. Uh, sorry, but he, uh, you can't be half in rebellion and half blessing. You can't be doing half of what God says and yet the other half not. Uh, You've got to do it all God's way or not all God's way. Yet God don't accept fence straddlers. Uh, Luke 11, 20. Three made it very plain. He that is uh, not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. And isn't that interesting? I bring that verse up. And what has Pastor been ta- Pastor Bonnet been talking about on Sundays and Mondays at present? Harvest. And what did Jesus say? He that gathereth. That sounds like harvest. He that gathereth not with me scattereth. Basically, you, you, you're either with Christ or you're against him. You can't be half and half. You can't be half on the fence. Oh, I'll bless Israel, but yet, well, hey, I'm going to uh, vote and accept homosexuals in and say, well, that their lifestyle is okay when God said very clearly uh, that lifestyle was an abomination. You can't sit there and say, okay, I'll help Israel, but yet go killing, thou shalt not kill, and murder millions of unborn babies. Uh, you're a hypocrite. There's something wrong with that picture. Uh, and like you just pointed out, Six, we get involved with this junk and, and and we think that God is over there happy with us. No, I, think so. I think not. <laughs> I don't think so. And I'm complete now. If you want to say anything else, six. Said I want everybody to get home safe. I want the Americans to get home safe, and I don't want any more killings of no one. No one. I want everybody. To just get home safe and and just get back to love and harmony. I mean that's that's what God wants. That's what you know. People who fought for equality wanted Martin Luther King. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to get along just by conversating, getting along. wasn't about a race. It was about the people, and that's what he wanted. And for this not to be happening in 2023, you can kind of say he died in vain. Because, like I said, COVID has brought us 
together. Because back in the day, for whatever reason, learned behaviors, black and white, stayed in one corner of their own little world. Okay? Only time they got together, when they had to go to school, when schools were, were segregated, you know, when, you know when when the schools were uh, when they desegregated the schools, that's when that's when everybody came together. Okay, um, but before that, you know, everybody stayed on their own side of the side of the world. And then, you know, growing up, you know, people were kind of forced to interact with one another. You had some people that didn't care. I what well, my best friend. Uh, was Rocky. I don't know whatever happened to Rocky, but that was my best friend. He was Caucasian, and I don't know what happened to him, but that was my buddy, Rocky. And uh, I don't know. He kind of looked like uh, Bill Gates, who he looked like. That's who he looked like. I don't know whatever happened to him. But um, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Like I said, with this COVID, you know, everybody got together, everybody got along. And people became closer, you know, because everybody was kind of taught the the learned behavior. Oh, well, you know, you stick with your own kind. Well, that's the most dumbest shit in the world because you miss out on so much. It's the diversity. It's the differences that make the world go round. Hold on for one minute, please. All righty. Yeah, what's going on over there in Israel, between Israel and Palestine? It's crazy mission that well, we can end. you know, Six, that's a good point, you know. Martin Luther King, he had that right. We should learn to love each other. But yet, here's what's funny. He was a preacher, but it never seemed to stick. I mean, it never, I mean, it, people said it kind of caught on. But I'm sorry to say, even in the churches, it didn't really stick that well. When you think about it, we still got the problems. I mean, yeah, there's some laws that have been put in place and made things a little better, and I thank God for that. But we got a long, long way to go. Because, I mean, think about it. I'm, I mean, he he wanted everybody to be together and be unified and love each other. But I made this observation before, and I'll make it again. I mean, how many white white folk? Okay, how many people that are Caucasian go around? into black communities and knock on doors and invite them to their churches and vice versa. How many people of color go into the white neighborhoods and knock on doors and say, I'd like to invite you to our church. Now, if anybody should be showing love and inviting each other to their churches, it should be the Christians should be making the first, the first show of goodwill. But no, what, we're still segregated. That? And that was not what Dr. Martin Luther King wanted. Right. 
And if we as Christians can't do it, how do we expect those outside the church to do it? Good question. I mean, the Jehovah's Witness, they knock on the door to tell you about the Bible, but they don't say, I invite you to my church. All right. Can you hear me, Mr. Well, Six, it looks like uh, we got road not here. Are we looking at possibly ending the show or what? Can you hear me, Missionary? Well, she got a different topic. Oh, you want to stay together? Oh, my God. What's up with my phone? Can you hear me? Unmuted. Hello? Do you hear me, Six? Missionary King, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. There you are, Road. Go ahead. I won't do direct connect anymore. Unless I'm doing it by myself. All right. Well, what do you think of the situation over there in Israel there, Road? I think it's it's crazy because Hamas is, they say Hamas is a terrorist group. Are Hamas Palestinians or there is Israelians? That's what they say they are a terrorist group. All I know is that they caused this war and innocent children and people are being killed on the daily. And then they washed up because of the, the piece of land. Is it that the Palestinians are on or that the Israel? Israelis are on. Yeah, but the sad thing about the way Hamas works is they take and they build their underground tunnels under hospitals and schools. And knowing that Israel, their their stand on life, that Israel stands for life and how they will not attack a school or a hospital. And Hamas then, when they go to attack Israel, they know that Israel would probably not attack back because they don't want to attack hospitals or schools. And so they play dirty using those people 
as like a human shield, which I think is dirty pool. That's crazy. To use children as human shields. Because I don't understand why they're fighting over fighting over land. Well, Road, as I pointed they're, out, they're when you, why are you on the deed of the land? <laughs> well, like I explained before on a Saturday show, Road, uh, and I'll explain here. Okay. It goes back to Abraham, okay? He had two sons, one by a slave woman, which was Sarah's handmaid, Hagar, who was given to Abraham to wife because Sarah at the time could not have children. She bore him his first child in his older age, named Ishmael, okay, Ishmael. Then later God told Abraham, no, he's not going to be your heir, but the son that's going to come through Sarah's own body would be your heir, and that son's name would be Isaac, and that would be the son of promise, which obviously later would bring the Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. That, would, that was the son who brought the Jewish people. Now, God, through Isaac, gave the promise of the land. However, he never told Abraham to write off Hagar or her son and say, well, just dump them and treat them like dogs. When Sarah finally got to the point when Isaac was born... She said, because she saw Hagar's son, Ishmael, sitting there mocking Isaac. She said, hey, send away this bondwoman and her son. And God said to Abraham, okay, go ahead and do that because Isaac is the one that's going to be the one with promise. Now, God did not say, send Hagar and her son away like dogs, like prisoners. But Abraham did. Now here, remember, like I said, she was supposed to have been his wife because Sarah had given this woman to him as wife. But what does he send her away with? Just, Just a bottle of water and a loaf of bread. That's it for her and Ishmael, that was it. One loaf of bread and a bottle of water, and he says, goodbye. Basically, he, I'm going to be kind of bold here, uh, as the George Jones song said, when he, the man had given, his, the wife had given her husband a bird as a present, and the bird was a parakeet, and the parakeet started telling on the husband about messing around on her, and then she went to leave. He gave her back the bird, okay? Well, uh, that's, uh, that's basically what Abraham did to Hagar. He gave her the bird, okay? And, and ever since then, the sons of 
Ishmael, who are the, de- the descendants of Ishmael, who basically are the Arab people, the ones who are Arab that are that, that teach about Allah, those people, because they are descendants of Ishmael, they feel they have as much right to the land as the sons of <coughs> as Isaac. Uh, where's my coffee? Okay. And they feel they have as much right, which in their own way they do. Okay? But the promise had been given to Isaac that he would inherit the land. So the big argument since that time is the children of Israel say, quote, Ishmael was the bastard, quote, bastard son, unquote, of Abraham. While the Arab people say that the Jewish people have stolen the land that is their right birthright, the rightful birthright, because they were the their son was the firstborn, and because their father Abraham sent their mother away in shame, like a dog. And ever since then, that's what the whole battle has been about over the land because of the way Hagar was sent away and because of the way that the Jewish people were made a promise for the land and they've been battling over this instead of saying, hey, wait a minute. They need, instead of sitting down and saying, okay, hold the bus, back up the truck, Ishmael, you're my brother, are the legitimate brother because you were born of my same father. And so the Israel people getting their heads out of their behind before they light a stinky one and blow their brains out, instead of doing that and getting smart and saying, hey, he is officially, yes, he is my older brother, half-brother, so, hey, uh, he has just as much right, and he does have a birthright. And then the Arab people say, you know, hey, yeah, so Abraham, my father, treated my mother like a dog, but is it worth killing people over and getting their heads screwed on straight and saying, no, that's not worth killing people. But no, they have had this battle for centuries, ever since Hagar was kicked out shamefully. And that road is the heart of the battle. Does that help you understand it? Yeah, I understand. Oh, boy. That, 
that's a lot to take in. So, so, so technically, the Israelis own the land. Am I correct, Mr. King? By promise, yes. By promise, they own the land because God promised it to them. But by birthright, the, the Arabs have a right to it as well. So what they should be doing is sharing. But no, they're not. They both want all of it or none of it. And that's what the battle is about. They're try- one group says, hey, I got to kick you out and e- eradicate you because of their reason. And the other one says, for their reason, I got to eradicate you. And that's the battle. But why would you take out innocent children? See, the Jewish people feel, well, we got to eradicate the Arabs because – they use the excuse, well, the Arabs are no better than the Amorites, Hivites, Canaanites, whatever, of old that God told them to eradicate. But nowhere in the Bible did God say to them to eliminate Ishmael and his descendants. Nowhere. No. Never said that. Yeah, God told them to get rid of the Canaanites and so on. I heard that. But didn't uh, say. I heard that the prime minister of whatever what you call him, the president, prime minister of Israel, knew there was a war coming and did nothing to stop it. Yeah, there's that was a claim that they said that he they knew about it and they didn't do nothing to stop it. But on the other hand, they said, oh, they knew about it and they didn't do nothing to stop it. But on the other hand, there was a claim that the the raid was planned and it uh, that it had been planned and and nobody knew about it till it happened. So there's there's stories from both angles. Be ruthless, though, Kenny, they're actually attacking a hostile. Oh, yeah. Hamas, Ruth, that's the way they are. They they don't have no... Hamas has no... They put no value on human life. And to them, you got to understand their underlying belief, okay? They have as their core belief Allah... And the Quran. And to them, a Jewish person is no better than a cockroach. It's not as bad as what Hitler used to do. In fact, 
most Arab people, when they see a rat, you know what they say? There goes another Jew. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's their belief. That's not nice. It's not nice, but that's what they say. And so people of color thought they had some th- bad things said about them. But can you imagine people looking at you and saying, "Oh, uh, they see a rat, a rat," and they say, "Oh, there, there goes a man of color." Wow. That's sad. That's, I mean, we, we're all one blood. That's what the Bible says. Every every race is important. Enough. But they do. The Arabs, especially Hamas, and those militants like that, that are very much against the Jewish people, uh-huh. their core belief is, they hey, if they see a rat or a mouse going by, oh, there goes another Jew. Wow. Sad, but that's what the, the way they believe, the way they... Yeah, well, how would they feel if someone, a Jew, saw a cockroach and said, oh, there goes another Arab? <laughs> they wouldn't like that comparison, would they? Well, that's why God, that's why Jesus said in his word, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye to them likewise. If you don't want no one calling you names, don't go calling them names. Right. Well, now, guess what, Six? I'm really set for Six in a Row tonight. Very tall cup of coffee. Ruthie brought me a coffee. All right. There you go. And I'm drinking some too. But, Ruth, you didn't put enough sugar in there. <laughs> she she always puts too little sugar in there. She makes it like she makes it for herself because her being diabetic, and she she knows I need more sugar than that. And they're like, Ooh, a little makes it a little strong. Whoa, I'm going in here put a little sugar in this there. Okay. I don't mind strong coffee, but I don't need I need a little sugar with that. She must have forgot to put some in there. So, all right, what's the next topic, guys? I'm hoping for something good. Well, I got a, um, I got a, I have a topic I want everybody to do. Being that this is National um, Vision Awareness Month, also along with domestic violence, also along with breast cancer awareness. I want to put out a challenge, a challenge to do a task of making a sandwich or pouring a cup of juice, pop, spirits, and a glass with your eyes closed, blindfolded. And next time, come back on six in a row and tell us how you did. 
and we're going to use the honor system. So hopefully you all do this because often people ask me, well, how is it to do everything with my eyes closed? Well, same as I did when they were open, I go off of memory, but I get it done, me and the most high get it done, and uh, that's how I navigate the world. So um, if you want to take up the challenge, I say you can make a sandwich, pour a drink, or try to clean with your eyes closed, and let me know how that turns out. Yeah, right. well, Six, can I tell you a little secret about how I pour a hot drink without getting scalded? I'll have time for your jokes, uh, Ken. No, this ain't a joke. This is fact. Okay. Uh, and I can – everybody will be able to hear it over here at the Six and Road Show when – I take a little device, hang it over the top of my cup, and as it reaches the top, it goes. You hear that? Stop that. (laughs) But... What my device does is goes, hear the beep? Yeah. That is what they call a liquid level indicator. It works on cold drinks as well as hot drinks. Okay. So that's my little cheat way of doing it. Okay. Well, we're talking about those who... We're talking about those who are sighted and want to wonder how it is. I don't right. think maybe you didn't hear me. Right, but I just thought I'd let the cat out of the bag on how this uh, guy, who doesn't have any eyes, does it. You ever tell him that you're an Indian You're enjoying Six and Road. Uh, like the Six Eyes Radio Network Group, join the Six Eyes Radio Network Group. Join the Six Eyes Radio Network Group if you haven't done so already. And if you are lover of cats like myself and you want to post a picture of your cat, you can post it on the Six um, Yeah, what is it called? The Six Eyes Radio Network Group page. Post your cats on the Six Eyes Radio Network Group page. Did you see Trumpet up there, Rose? Everybody don't have uh, a cat. What if you're not uh, a cat lover, but you got you you're in love with three uh, previous uh, seeing eye dogs? Well, mainly it's for cats, but I guess we could squeeze a couple of dogs in. That'll be fine. That's <laughs> How are you going to say it's just a cat other than it's not a cat person? All right, we'll open it up for dogs, too. Somebody might say, well, I don't have a dog, I don't have a cat, but I have a bird. Well, that, no, no, that, that's just going too damn far. <laughs> How is it going too far? Just say pet. Just post a picture of your pet. 
that the, the the pay was for trumpet. What's up, buddy? Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Yeah. Say hello to Rose. We're talking about you. Or in this case. In this case, six, since six, since trumpet is kind of like a, uh, an emotional sport animal, he is like a service animal to you. Why can't you just say uh, cats or service animals only? Because that would knock out the regular uh, dog owners. I don't have a cat. I don't have a dog. Well, go get you a cat tomorrow. I know. No, she's got a bowl full of little fishies. No, I have no fish either. I have no pet. Enjoy your dinner, buddy. Enjoy your den-den. You enjoy your dinner, Robert? So what's next? What's the next topic? Yeah, ready. So, okay. So this is the story. A woman No, we this topic. I want to get your opinion. And since missionary kids married, I want his opinion. So this woman is asked out on a date. The guy comes to pick her up. They go to the Cheesecake Factory as the restaurant of choice. All right, now? Now, let me finish the story before you say anything. Now, it's the restaurant of choice, the Cheesecake Factory. So they're there. They get there. She refuses to get out of the car because she didn't want to get taken to a chain restaurant for for her first date with this person. So she decides to take out her phone and record the experience. And as she's recording herself, she's saying, "Oh, I'm look too good to be to be going on a date at Cheesecake Factory." She uh-huh. wished she would have took us somewhere else. And so she she's recording all this, uh-huh. and come to find out. He did have a nicer place to take her, but she was an hour late. So when you are booking reservations at a restaurant, you have to be there on the time to tell you that your reservation is going to be or someone else is taking your spot. So because she was an hour late, they missed their reservation to whatever restaurant it was they were taking her to. So instead of not taking her on the date... He decided an alternative would be the Cheesecake Factory, but she didn't like that. And what do I think? So I think as next of, week, I, okay. So let's finish. So, missionary Ken, being that you 
Automatic men, what is your take on this situation of the woman complaining about being taken on a date to the Cheesecake Factory and feel she is entitled to a fancy a fancier restaurant? The same with you, Six. What is your thoughts on her and feeling entitled she deserves a fancier restaurant? Instead of the Cheesecake Factory, and mind you, this is a first date. This is a get-to-know-you type of date. This is not, I already know you, we already started dating to get to to make, to form a relationship. No, this is the first date. I'll let you take the floor first, Sex. All right. First off, if it was me and I'm planning something for my woman, she got all damn day to get ready and not be pussyfooting around getting ready. She got all day to get ready. So, so say, prior let, me, to, let me hold on one second. This was during the weekday, and she was coming from work. So I just want to put that out there so people know. Okay, so she's coming from work. Okay. In this day and time, She's lucky she didn't get a Happy Meal from McDonald's or go to McDonald's. Anytime somebody is willing to do something for you, a nice gesture, appreciate it. Because she could have been at home with a cupcake on the table, and she wouldn't have liked that either. So a lot of people would be would have been happy to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Lisa is showing that you're cared about, you're loved, you're thought about. You know, so I I think she was very immature, and I would have I would have went there and ate, left her ass in the car. No, she she that's stayed I, in the car. He took her back home after I, all of that. He took her back home. I, no, they never I'm went inside the cheesecake factory. No, no, I wouldn't take her back home. I would go in there, eat my meal, and that's it. <laughs> not taking her back home. Now, some people might call that cruel, but no, because what she don't appreciate, somebody else will. And you going out to dinner with six eyes? Come on, who's going to mess that up? So her ass would have been sitting in that car by herself, and I would have been in there eating. That's just me. I'm complete. All right. Well, now here's my take on it. First off, first off, her expecting to be taken to a fancier restaurant, okay? Her expecting that. And then because she doesn't show up on time, then when he still offers to take her out somewhere, somewhere else, and then, oh, well, I don't like this, uh, shows that she's just too highfalutin for him, okay? She's trying to be too highfalutin. What if the guy can't – first off, it's a first date. What she, if that's what she's expecting on the first date, what she's going to expect – for the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. Uh, excuse me, 
I'd be looking at her saying, if that's what you're expecting, is filet mignon for every date. Or caviar. Or caviar. Honey, if I can't afford that, uh, if all I could afford is Big Mac, honey, if you're not willing to accept that, uh, then, honey, you're not the woman for me. Uh you got to go with what my budget is. You got you you're supposed to love me for who I am, not for what you want to make me out to be. If I'm not a millionaire, honey, you're not going to make money just pop into my pocket. I don't have no if I hey, if I'm a a person of a fixed income, don't think that I got a money tree in my backyard. Sorry, it ain't happening. So if you want fancy Go find someone who's got fancy. If you want a millionaire, look, there's doctors in town. Go try dating one of them. That'd be the way I saw it. And just like Six said, hey, if she got mad about it, uh, she wanted to stay in the car. Yeah, okay. Uh, Hey, if I had the money, uh, hey, you want to sit in the car? Go ahead. Uh, While you're in the car sulking. Uh, find yourself a way home because I'll be hauling my butt into that restaurant. I'm going to enjoy my dinner since I didn't get a chance. And you find your own way home because I sure ain't going to be hanging around a highfalutin snob like you. That's the end of that subject. And I'm complete. So he took her back, but he did. He drove her back home. They didn't go into Cheesecake Factory because of her, her complaining. He did take her back home. They didn't show that part in the video, but he said his piece when he got back in the car, and then he took her home. And a lot of people are on his side and not her side. Because they say, why are you recording this? You you thought you thought people were going to be on your side and make him feel bad for not taking you to a fancy restaurant? There's nothing wrong with the Cheesecake Factory. You can get filet mignon at the Cheesecake Factory. It's going to be expensive, but there's there's nothing wrong with the Cheesecake Factory. See, she's valuing herself too high. This is how I see it. She's valuing herself too high with her standards. Like I said, it's any man who tries to get with her is going to have to meet her high standards, and they can't. Like you said, Missionary King, you don't have a million bucks, so you cannot take her to, you're not going to be able to take her to a fancy restaurant. You can take her where you can afford it. And if Cheesecake Factory is it, then that's it. This is a first date. You're getting to know this man. This is not your third or fourth date. This is your first date with this person. And and this is what I'm thinking, Missionary Kenneth Six, is that let's say if they did make it to that fancy restaurant and they're sitting across from each other, they're eating their food, having a conversation, and they don't hit it off. She just got herself a good meal out of it You understand what I'm saying? Okay. I think she was in it 
somewhat. She probably did want to get to know him because there's no way in the world you would agree to a date with somebody and not want to get to know them. And for those who do that, those are those are women and men who who are doing it to, for the food. Like, okay, this person wants to take me out. Okay, I'll let them take me out. I ain't got to take dinner. I'll let them take me out to whatever restaurant I want to go to so I can get what I want to eat because depending on what restaurant they pick, they might not have nothing I like. But I can understand that if you decide ahead of time the restaurant because where you want to go because the place you may pick might not have anything you like on the menu. I get that. So you saying, okay, I'll do Cheesecake Factory because Cheesecake Factory has stuff on it I like. So I know I'm going to get me a good meal. But if he's picking the restaurant and it's a restaurant you never heard of, they may not have anything on there you may like. Here's another another one for you. It's another date scenario. The girl gets asked out for drinks. They go to the they go to this restaurant that's an oyster bar. While they're sitting there at the table, they order their drinks. She orders oysters. Now, I guess the day they went, they must have had like that special with the oysters. Because this woman ate 48 oysters while on this date that her and this guy was going out just to drink. 48 oysters. He, he said, so I, so I heard the woman's side and I heard the guy's side. She said that the guy got up and left the table, just got up and left. He said he was going to the bathroom, just left and never came back. I left her there at the table eating his 48 oysters. Now, he's, now the guy's side, he said, I invited her out for drinks. We get there, we're sitting there, we order our drinks. She's proceeded to order the oysters. Now, you know when restaurants have specials, it's like, it's like maybe Come in. $10. $10 Maybe ten dollars for the ten dollars for the special. Maybe fifteen. 20. Hold on, I'm on ready. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So maybe like ten twenty dollars for the special. So you figure if it's ten, you figure ten dollars, and she had forty forty eight. So she just spent forty dollars. She just ate forty dollars worth of oysters. You know, she just ate forty dollars worth of oysters. But he said, he said, I didn't have a problem with her ordering that. But the thing is, she was trying to because he said let's go out. She was going to try to stick him with the bill to pay for her oysters. So she, so she said, so she said he. Text her and say, here, here's the money for the drinks. Because the bill came up to a hundred and something dollars 
because of the oysters and all. They, all he was doing was taking her out for drinks. He said once he saw her husband and burping after eating the oysters, he had to get up and leave. And he just he told her he was going to the bathroom. He walked towards the bathroom. I guess like the hostess staying in the restaurant. He talked to that person, and then he left and left her there. And she got the bill, and she had to pay for her oysters. He said, I wouldn't mind if she ordered, like, some appetizers. But oysters, or they ate of them? Nah, I'm not paying for that. We only came out here for drinks. So I, um, that's funny. That's funny you say that. So I took this chick out on this date. And when I tell you it was she act like she never went to a restaurant. She act like nobody ever told her how to use her cutlery. Um, she was too damn loud. And she ordered smothered pork chops with gravy. And she had her cutlery there, a fork, a knife. I would even, if she even would have picked up the salad fork and used that, I would have accepted that versus her picking up the damn pork chop with her fingers, eating the pork chop. I'm like, what What are you doing? It's good. So I let her finish one pork chop. I said, well, maybe she'll see the look on my face and she'll pick up a fork and a knife. No. So you know what I did? I got my food, sat at the other table, and that was it. I mean, <laughs> she was eating. I mean, that that was just barbaric. Like she was a damn cave woman. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, needless to say, that was the last date. It was that, that was that was the most embarrassing thing in the world. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This is my. I think everybody's my had a, a, a worst date message. experience. Yeah, that was a, that was a terrible date for you, dude. But this yeah. is my message to women and men out there: if you get invited on a date. You and that person who invited you on the date is supposed to make the plans of where y'all going to go and y'all have it set in stone so that if you're not a Cheesecake Factory person, then you let him know I'm not a Cheesecake Factory restaurant person. These are the restaurants I like to go to so that he knows that ahead of time. Because if you... If you wait, nobody, this point blank period, nobody wants their time wasted, and you just wasted that man's time for no reason because you didn't want to eat at Cheesecake Factory. You was an hour late knowing you was knowing you was going on a date. You could have called the man and said, look, I'm running late from work. Can you call the restaurant and make the reservations a little later? And that would have made it all good. You would have still had your fancy restaurant. 
but no, no consideration for this man. You had him waiting in front of your apartment for an hour. So if you're going to plan a date with anyone, have consideration of their time. Make sure you and this person are on the same page of where you're going to eat, what are y'all going to do, because his pockets ain't big pockets. Your pockets ain't big pockets. You know what I said about the cheesecake factory woman? I said, I bet you when she's home alone and she don't feel like cooking, she eat damn cheesecake factory. But for a date, she won't eat cheesecake factory. You got to be concerned yeah, like with time. And, and like that second scenario, I mean, he they already agreed on, okay, we're going to go out for drinks. But then when she gets there ordering those oysters, it's like she was saying to him, okay, I'm going to take you for a ride. And he was smart enough to see that, hey, this woman's a con woman wanting to take take me for all my money. And so he was just smart enough to say, oh, no, you're not. So he just walks out. He he just leaves her to pay, mm-hmm. to pay for her own meal. Right. But people were, people were saying he was not just her in the wrong, but he was in the wrong, too, for leaving. He could have said something and said, look, I'm only paying for the drinks because I invited you out for drinks. You can pay for the oysters. He could have said that, sir, but instead of doing that, he just walked out. Well, my own opinion, hey, I think he, I think he was still right in what he did because, hey, uh, she, she was trying to take advantage of him, and doing so, she she learned a valuable lesson because she wasted his time. Now, forty-eight. No one eats forty-eight oysters. I'm sorry, I'm not an oyster person, but. If it was shrimp, I love shrimp, but I would not be sitting there at the table eating 48 shrimp when a person invited me on a date just for drinks. He said if she would have ordered like an appetizer, he would have been okay with that. But 48 oysters, yeah, that's, that's taking the cake. That was not just taking the cake. That was taking the cake, the cookies, the pies, and all the other desserts with it. So I want to ask you this question. Missionary Ken, what was you and Ruthie's first date? Uh, Well, first off, it wasn't at no restaurant. (laughs) Uh, I went – we were actually – we just visited as friends, kind of just visited as friends. And I'd go over visit her on her front porch or inside while her grandfather was there, and and then there was times that we'd go over and visit another friend of ours, Adele and Judy Apgar, and we we visited like that. But there was no actual date dating going on. Oh, okay. And and then finally, after we decided to get married, we actually did a you could call it quote dating like courting but even then it was still the same thing i'd go over visit with her with her grandfather right there 
There was no going on in a car together alone or anything like that. And you, uh, there was someone there with us. They saw everything going on. I took you out in my old 1956 Thunderbird. Okay. Yeah, so for, for me... I've been to, like, a chain restaurant for a date. I have no problem with it. If you're saying we're going out for drinks, then we're going, then most places the person's going to take you to a bar. If you're going out for drinks, they're going to take you to a bar for drinks. They're not going to take you somewhere where they're going to be a whole lot of food. Bars have, like, appetizers and stuff that you can order. Most bars, they don't do no whole full menu unless they're a bar slash restaurant. But other than that, you know, it's just, like, wings. Like, you get wings and fries and stuff like that. But you're not going to get no big meal items like filet mignon. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'll do. The next time Road and Six, y'all, uh, and the rest of the team of Six Eyes Radio Networks in town, I'll take you out for a drink, but it ain't going to be nothing alcoholic. I'll take you out for coffee. No, Starbucks. Right, cool. That's cool with me. I don't think we got a Starbucks, but we got a McDonald's. Yeah, I'm good with that. So you've been tuned in to Six Eight Radio on the Southern Radio Success Radio. We are on every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can always join us and give your opinion on the topics that we speak about. And the number to the to the Southern Radio is eight four five two seven seven nine three five six. The number to Six Eyes Radio is four two four two four three nine six one seven. You can dial any of those numbers during the show. Just press the one that lets us know you want to go live and give your opinion. We will see you next Tuesday with some more great topics and discussion. Peace, one love. Good night, America. On tonight for the Indie Experience on Road to Starting Radio. And the next show on Six Sides Radio is Missionary Can't Take It Away. Uh, first off, it will be the Six Eyes Children's Bible Study Time at 4 p.m. on Station 2. You call 515-605-9340. Again, 515-605-9340 at 4 p.m. Eastern on Station 2 at the Six Eyes Radio Network. And then at 7 p.m., here on Station 1, you call 424-243-9617. Again, 424-243-9617, 7 p.m. Eastern for the Wednesday night Bible study with, of course, yours truly, Missionary Ken Wolfgang, Sister Ruth, and we'll be having Tim Gruber. He starts the first 
of the round with the song and poem since Brother Quick wasn't feeling well and is unable to do it at this present time. So it will be Timothy Groover doing the song and poem, so you'll enjoy that. Does he beat uh, Pastor Bonnet and Emily, who are tied for the lead at present, 22 for 26? Will Tim take that lead or will he not? We will find out. Okay. So we're going to say peace, one love. We appreciate you. See you at the next shows. Bye-bye. God bless everybody. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.